June has arrived, and with it, one of the busiest times of the years in the Poconos. This is Jim Hamill. Welcome to Pocono Mountains Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. Summer has long been prime time for tourism here in the region. Camping, hiking, fishing, fairs and festivals, resorts and waterfalls. You name it, the Poconos has it. And tourism is the biggest economic driver in the four counties of the Pocono Mountains and continues to be. 30 million people come here each and every year and provide for jobs and income for so many who live and work here. More on that in just a bit. The Poconos is a year-round destination, as I mentioned, for millions. And with 2,400 square miles of lakes, forests, mountains, and rivers, with iconic family resorts and historic downtowns, it's the perfect getaway. You can always find out more on PoconoMountains.com or watch PTN, the Pocono Television Network, streaming live 24-7. Thanks for listening to Pocono Mountains Podcast. We'll have a new episode each week highlighting lots of the fun things you can experience while you're visiting the Poconos. Subscribe to Pocono Mountains Podcast and leave a review and or comment on whatever platform you listen. Now, back to the episode. As I mentioned, tourism is the lifeblood of the Poconos. And the Pocono Mountains Visitors Bureau celebrated National Travel and Tourism Week recently by hosting a tourism summit at Kalahari Resorts and Conventions. The organization touts the successful programs and approaches to marketing visitation throughout all four seasons. Our president and CEO, Chris Barrett, and executive vice president and CMO, Brian Bossett, share insights into the future outlook and trends in tourism marketing, as well as social media. Enjoy. So before we get started, first of all, today we have an incredible program. It's good to be together in fellowship. But one of the things we wanted to do, too, was kind of cover some topics uh, that really we haven't done in the last two years and look forward to the next three, six, nine, and 12 months. The board has really started a strategic planning process that kind of has us looking inward at, at the organization, but also, more importantly, outward. We know that there are a lot of headwinds coming, unfortunately. Today, I don't know if you heard, but the Federal Reserve is ready to raise interest rates a full point. Uh, they haven't done that in over 35 years because of inflation fears. So I know some of you have watched the news. Unfortunately, you probably know that there are headwinds coming, but these headwinds are different than others we've experienced in the past. So um, we want to make sure that we're slightly ahead of the curve in order to keep the guests flowing here into the Poconos. And I honestly think we're very well positioned for that because we're a drive-through destination. You know, fuel costs have, are going up incredibly. Oil went up to 107 a barrel today uh, in, in morning trade. And that means jet fuel is incredibly expensive. Flights are incredibly expensive. That's going to make drive to domestic travel more viable in the short term and possibly the long term for 2022. The first thing I want to do is I want to go through these very quickly because our next program is, is amazing. But we wanted to talk about some program launches first. Um, our overall goal is to provide you support and value for your membership, which means that uh, Feedback is important to us, so we're constantly looking for your feedback on how to shape our programs in the short and long term. Also, too, we're launching a community calendar, which will be open to all four counties, not only our membership, but any organization, any nonprofit organization or community organization can populate this calendar. It's been done in other destinations, and we feel it's important to be very, very thoroughly involved in our communities, and this will give all of our 
nonprofit organizations a chance to be able to push out their fundraising events, for instance, somewhere that uh, will be advertising supported. So we will support it through advertising and be launching it very, very soon. Um, also, too, very exciting. We have great new pro uh, products coming. There's a lot of them out there, but two that are notable um, are the Great Wolf Lodge announcement that was just made. You know, and I credit Great Wolf Lodge a lot for where we're positioned right now. Uh, they're continuing to invest and add to the property. I'm sure you've probably seen that. Camelback is adding some great additions this summer. They continue to upgrade the property. All of you guys have been doing that very consistently, and that shows in our attendance year over year, which has been up in double digits over the last few years. Also, too, at the end of this, there's about four slides I'm going to go through very quickly. We're com we comprised a new dashboard. Um, and very quickly, I, I think all of you probably know this, we we've constantly struggled with folks that will come and say, um, oh, well, you know, tourism, those are, those are uh, minimum wage jobs. That's all they are. And, you know, they're not life-sustaining. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. So we went to Tourism Economics, and we had them devise some uh, dashboards for us that, li that will link our local economy very, very succinctly to tourism, which means these are the jobs that we are driving with tourism. You know, these, this is what they pay on average, you know, and this is how it's connected to guests coming within our destination. This dashboard will probably be changing over time, so um, uh, it also has some of the standard metrics that we always look at, but that's going to be launched right after this event. Um, recruitment campaigns, job board, that's going to be ongoing. We know that's a headwind. We're going to keep investing in that. Um, locals campaign, at our last board meeting, some of the folks kind of stayed behind and said, maybe we kind of really need to look at marketing our products um, in a more aggressive manner locally. Because, you know, our four-county area is fairly large. It's 2,400 square miles. It encompasses a couple of different DMAs. Uh, some local programming might do well here, so we're going to test that over the next few months. And we'll be asking you guys for some products to introduce just to, to the, our local audiences. Uh, member survey, we're working on that right now. And point one is member value and support. So this survey will kind of give us some pointers on how we can better do that for you. So we ask that you fill that out when we send it. We'll probably send it multiple times. We know you're busy. So um, whenever you can get to it, we, we would appreciate that. Um, our internship programs I talked about, we're working really aggressively with our local colleges and high schools. I know Kaz Curry is here somewhere. I just saw him. Um, we appreciate their support. Again, this is the lifeblood of our industry. We have to really think out of the box with um, our, our labor uh, needs, but also to our quality of life in our communities to get folks to want to stay here so they become a source um, of employment for all of our businesses. Uh, reordering met meeting and convention sales, we've, we're, we have FAMs going on. We had one last week at this property was very well done. A lot of you participated. We have another one coming up tonight for the next few days, familiarization tours. So we are about to announce a new hire that I think all of you will find very exciting. The, the property we're standing in right now is a premier meeting at convention property, along with our others, you know, Camelback, Mount Airy. You know, we look at what Mount Airy did. So we really need to support getting the larger association groups here to the destination. We hadn't been known for that. Now we are in a big way. So we want to support that as much as we can. And then board initiatives, which are ongoing for strategic planning. Uh, we do have a committee that's very active there. Some of the things you just saw me 
uh, present. We're really a process of strategic planning, which we will absolutely want to continue. Katie, can you go next slide? Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what we really need your assistance on um, uh, are marketing, forecasting, and program implementation. So I talked about headwinds in the next three to six months. We have sources to data that we, we look at constantly every day. But you're on the ground. You're the boots there. So you're seeing, what, you're seeing guests every day. You know what they're saying. You know what they're searching on your website. Anything we can get is, would be critical for us in pushing programs out. So we're, very, we're asking anything you would like to give us. Obviously, we'll keep it confidential. We would love to have that so that we're able to more succinctly deliver programming. And of course, you know, I talked a little bit about this before, but the headwinds. Um, what are we looking at in the next three, six, 12 months? So you know, we're producing uh, a lot of content, so we really want to be ahead of it. You know, we don't want to prejudge the market, but we want to be able to pr put programming into the market that will attract people to come in. And the Pocono Promise, the Pocono Promise, I think, was a really great program for the pandemic. Um, it not only was there PR value there, but really it worked. You know, it helped made us feel that we could do something to fight something that we thought was totally out of our control. So there is a lot of brand equity built into that. So what does that look like going forward? What direction do we want to take it in? That's kind of where we would like some feedback as well, because we have some ideas, but I think your ideas are really what makes the program work. Committing to the Pocono Promise made it work. And I'll never forget the day we put the Pocono Promise out there, and we announced that all of our counties had all we had county commissioners on the line. It was it was great. We did it virtually by Zoom. We didn't even know what the heck we were doing, but it worked, you know. So it was great. We had the press there; it was awesome. And then somebody said, "Can I speak up, please?" We said, "Sure." And it was a dentist's office, you know. So I'll never forget that. So I mean, there were so many people that were committed to it, but it just made us feel like we could fight something that we couldn't see. So there's strength in it. What do we want to do with it going forward? Um, the first three points, spending advertising dollars, is we're fortunate that the hotel taxes perform very well. So we want to stretch the advertising dollar as much as possible. That's where the data comes in. We want to be data responsive to where we're marketing. So that's kind of really the reason why we're asking for more data. Um, these two, PTM promotion and content development storytelling, we're fortunate that we have two great storytellers for PT, three great storytellers for PTN. Um, and uh, we need content for that. You know, it's a 24-7, 365 network. We're in 5 million homes now. We're over the air in Philadelphia, just like PVI is. So we have people watching it. And uh, it really is a good vehicle to promote the Poconos, but it doesn't work without good storytelling. And you're all the story. You're the story. So we're able to interview folks that really are delivering the product. And that is what the guest wants to see. You know, they don't want to see the fluff produced stuff. They want to see the real people producing the product and the guest having a good time. And that's what you guys are all really good at. Um, we also are working on a technical issue with our live broadcasting. We think we have that solved. So what we really want to do is do three to four live broadcasts a month from PTN. So that will be able, we could go to any event. Or what we really want to do, wouldn't it be great to go to one of the rivers, river rafting, and do it live? I mean, that would be awesome. So it puts the guest point of view. So those are the kind of things we want to do going forward. Um, 
developing a new mission and intent statement, Bill kind of said it's an intent. You know, I never really understood mission and vision, all those differences. But intent statement is good. So we're working on that right now, which we want to push out to the membership so they can see that. Data analytics and its growing role, I mean, everything we do now relates to analytics. It's becoming more and more available, so we want to talk a little bit about that. VR and AI we're working on as well because that's going to be critical for our industry. It's a great tool. They're both great tools. So how will we really use that as an industry? We're working on that right now. Oops, let me go back. Um, one thing we just wanted to talk about really quickly is our critical Google Analytics changes coming up on the horizon. We'll talk about this more as time goes on, but we wanted you to be aware of it. That, uh, as of July 1st, 23, Google will not be using universal analytics. So um, you're really going to have to really uh, establish a new Google account with G4 because you want to archive all your historic data for comparative purposes when Google launches its new platform. Uh, there are also going to be different metrics, like we've all become accustomed to certain analytics um, metrics that we look at to compare day over day, week over week, month over month, year over year, that's going to change a little bit for a number of different reasons. Um, really, it's for data protection, probably. Um, and there's a lot of different things that Google is doing right now. We're seeing Facebook change a lot of their analytics positions almost daily. So um, we will try to give you as much information on this as possible, but we wanted to get it on your radar screen because when they do change platforms, you want to be able to compare historic data with the new platform that will be put in place. So we wanted to put that on the radar screen. I wanted to just really show you very quickly um, what the new dashboard would look like uh, that I just mentioned. It discusses a number of different areas. On sh for instance, you're seeing a slide that shows hotel occupancy, short-term rental occupancies. Um, it compares all the metrics over time. and. You can see, for instance, last month, if you look to the, that would be your left, um, our ADR and RevPAR are incredibly strong. We're starting to, we saw a little softness in occupancy in, in March, for instance, but we married that data with short-term rental properties. Short-term rentals are adding a significant amount of inventory to the market, so we have to, when viewing data, mate those two things together, and that's what this dashboard does. And we'll be introducing this in a, in a bigger way right after this. And also, you can see uh, to, the, uh, to the center of the screen, hotel occupancy compared to other markets. So as I've said a lot of times, there are 11 markets in Pennsylvania. So this compares occupancy uh, to all of those markets. The story doesn't tell this. So Lehigh Valley has 72% occupancy. So you might look at that and say, that's great. And it is, except their ADR is only half of what ours is. So at us being for, at that point at 55%, our, our ADR is at 253. Their ADR is like at 112. So the revenue picture is much greater here in the Poconos than it has been uh, since, 20, since we really went from the yellow to the green phase. It also compares uh, what's happening at Avoca for uh, D-planes. Uh, that is really, really a good metric, although we're not a fly-to market, but it gives us an idea of you know, the strength of the tourism market. Next slide, Katie, please. And uh, this compares some of our web analytics a little more succinctly. What we're trying to do is make it simpler so somebody can really look at this very quickly 
and kind of look at what the market has done and what it's projected to do. And we want to share this with all of our stakeholders. So it won't only be members, but we also want to share it with our elected officials and anybody else who would have interest in how the tourism industry is doing in the Pocono Mountains. And also, too, you could see kind of um, it gives us a good idea of where the best spends for our money are. For instance, the Google referrals, you can see, are num um, 73%, which is so we know for spending on Google applications, that's a pretty good thing. Um, and then this just gives some Facebook impressions graphically and some other things. Okay, so that's really the last slide. That's all I had. I just wanted to say a couple of things really, really quickly because uh, this is the first time we've gotten together like this in this in two years. So I really thank you for being here. I hope you really enjoy it today. Uh, your feedback, again, is critical, not only on these sessions, but on anything you'd like to see us do in the future. We're happy to do that uh, because we're here to provide support and value to the membership. Um, some of the things we're going to cover um, in today's presentation I'm not really one that reads off the slides, so I'll probably ad-lib some of this and talk through some things, focus on the things I think that are important for you to, to learn about. You know, a lot of these things we're going to share in our newsletters to the members and some other things as we move forward. I wanted to give you some of the numbers for the Bureau's social media accounts. Um, as you've all seen, there's a lot of different changes going on with social media, especially Facebook, Instagram. Big news from Twitter recently, and you know the the expansion of TikTok. So we're on all those channels. We're also on Snapchat. We're constantly looking at trends and emerging um, platforms, and so we're always looking at what we need to do um, to focus on these platforms. Facebook and Instagram are notoriously changing their algorithm, their data rules, and some of their best practices week in week out. So. It's tough to stay up on those. And um, towards the end, I'll give you some ideas of where you can find some information for those platforms. This one is kind of important. So over the last six years, our Instagram account and Facebook account have grown exponentially. And they've faltered between this range in the last year of 180,000 for Instagram and around 440,000 to 450,000 for our Facebook. And some of the things that are going to change with Facebook over time is likes aren't going to be the same as they always were. They're going to change that metric, and some of that information is rolling out. So they're really starting to look at users, much like Chris talked about with Google G4. A lot of things are going towards that user model based on privacy laws that Chris Timmons talked about, some other things. So as things start to filter out over the next year, you're going to see some of these metrics change and what they really mean. And um, we're going to try and do our best to get that information out to all of you as much as we can when we get it ourselves. But there are some tools that I'll show you towards the end that you can follow and some other information where there's really good, up-to-date information from really specific industry professionals out there that utilize these platforms. So I want to talk about the content calendar. And I'm sure if some of you have heard me talk before. I talk about the content calendar all the time. For me, the content calendar is a very important tool. This is really what ties a lot of your initiatives together, whether it be social media, digital marketing, website, blogs, content. And it's really a great tool for your team to really get that information together and really help promote the initiatives that you're coming up with 
month after month, year after year, based on your marketing plan and the goals of your company that year. So, you know, it really helps things going. Um, one of the things that's really helpful is it allows you to go back year over year and see how your content performed. So when you're planning out your content, you can see which pieces of content really performed the best, which was the most engaging, and then develop ways that you can be similar in that content or even repurpose that content. Repurposing content isn't a bad thing as long as you're updating it within that content and making sure it's relevant to the time period that you're in and also updating the photos and some other things. You don't want to just repost an old post. You want to go in and look at it, how was it performing, and really move forward with that. Here's an example of our content calendar. We also employ a, a project management tool. Our, with our team growing as big as it has and all the different things we're doing, this was a really helpful tool for Chris and I to stay on top of things and really help the team move forward and talk in between all the emails that we get from everyone else. This is more of an internal tool, and we've moved our content calendar into this tool. It's called Asana. But there are really easy, free tools that you can use to create your content calendar. Google Calendar is one of the best ones. As long as everyone has a Gmail in your team, you can add them to the calendar. They can edit it. They can view it, however you want to determine that. It's a really great way for everyone to look at that calendar month over month, and even when you're planning out content in the future. So one of the things, too, about your content, it's really knowing your audience and your goals. Um, each platform's a little different. They're going to serve an audience a little bit differently. They're also going to reach audiences differently. Facebook you know, is now really towards that older demographic of parents, and you know, 40 plus is probably the wheelhouse of that. Female is still very dominant on that platform, depending on your product. Instagram is that, you know, 28 to 45-year-old um, mom is still very prevalent on that. The younger audiences are really getting away from Instagram and Facebook. Twitter will be interesting to see over the next six months to a year with the changes that Elon Musk may bring to the platform. So it'll be interesting how that plays out. But TikTok has really grown, and that's grown in every age group. So it's not just your high schoolers, your teenagers, it's millennials. It's parents. It's a lot of brands are utilizing TikTok. I want to say like five billion videos were served in the first quarter on TikTok alone. Um, and it's really a quick way to get your information out and looking at how that's performing. So if you're on TikTok, you know, there's, they're getting better at their tools for you to track that. If you're an employer looking for younger seasonal employees, TikTok's a very good tool to speak to that audience. So there's I would recommend that you have employees talk to them that way, so it's not you as the general manager or the owner or the HR person. Getting the staff to talk about that on TikTok is really a good way to reach those audiences. I want to talk more about content planning. So um, Kevin and I have been working on a, a data analytics tool for social media. There's a lot of really expensive ones out there. Um, I want to give cr credit to Kevin. Um, he's really implored his own dashboard that he's utilizing Google with. Um, you know, Google Sheets and really pulling in all the data from all of our platforms and really looking at it. So we look at the pl by platform, by county, and by member so that we're getting all that information um, so that we can look back year over year when we're looking at the content calendar and really planning out our content. And this is really helpful to show us what's engaging, what wasn't engaging. Are there ways that we can really 
look at the content that wasn't engaging and implore some of the most engaging content. It also helps us determine we're equally promoting our membership as much as we can throughout the year. And you know, when we're speaking to our different county um, commissioners and other um, constituents in the counties, we can break it up by county if we need to, to show the different things that we've done and which, which property is performing better and what other events or other things are performing. So it's really a great tool for us. Again, this is you know done on Google. It's free, so if you have someone that has time to do that, it's a great tool. Or you know, it's really just pulling the insights from each of the platforms. Some of the best practices, um, if you do have multiple platforms and if you can do it, make sure you're utilizing the same name for your handles on those platforms. Sometimes it's tough uh, because you, it might be taken by someone else. But try to get to that name as close to you as possible or one that really follows your own brand name. Um, those are some really things to think about when you're thinking about TikTok or Snapchat, if you haven't gone onto those, looking at those different um, platforms to add that. You know, keeping your personal and business pages separate. I've seen over the last few uh, years, Kevin and I have really seen some smaller businesses have used a personal page, but it's really shifting them to a business page because Facebook's gonna really give you more tools and serve your content better than it's on a personal page. And there's a lot of things that you can't do on a personal page anymore. You can't boost posts, you can't run ads. So it's really important that you move to a personal, move from a personal page to a business page if you still have a personal page. Um, and then posting on a consistent nature. This is probably one of the most important things. Uh, we call it trying to break the algorithm. So if you are posting your posts consistently throughout your week at the same times or around the same times, and the analytics will show you this, when's the best performing times to be on the, the platform, one of the things now, you know, Facebook and Instagram aren't going to serve your ad until about 10% of your followers engage with it. If the 10% don't, it's just going to get lost in your feed. They're going to start serving it more. The more engaging it is, the more you're answering comments back from people that are engaging on that. So that's one thing to think about when you're posting your comments. If you aren't, if you don't have an engaging post and you aren't answering the comments, Facebook's going to ding you that on Instagram and Facebook. So make sure that when you're posting that content, you're answering the comments, you're looking at it, it's engaging, and that's gonna help you without paying for a boosted post or an ad, that's gonna help you get above the fold to that other 90% of your followers, and it's gonna grow exponentially, exponentially as it you know, gets more engaging. There we go. Um, photos and video. So, Video is king right now uh, on pretty much everything. The more you can implore video on your post, the better off it's going to be. And you know, not long video, five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Um, that's really going to perform the best on a, almost all the platforms. Um, UGC, which is user generated content, as long as you're getting permission from that user to repost their post or repost their picture, repost their video, those are really engaging um, posts because people that are following the platform want to see other people enjoying what products you have out there. They don't want to see, you know, maybe a model that's been placed in some area to do that, or if it's, you know, your employees that are in the background. They want to see people that are actually at your properties enjoying the, the property, enjoying your business, and that's how they're, and they believe what other people are saying 
over what you would say. So it's important to utilize that. Limit the amount of text on a photo or a video. Um, that I think Facebook allows 10%, Instagram's 10%, TikTok, I'm not sure where they're at yet, but they keep dinging you more if you have more uh, text on, the, on those platforms. Some of the best practices, um, over editing photos, um, a lot of the users are gonna ding you on that, not just the platforms, but you're gonna get called out if you have you know, over edited photos, things that aren't you know, clear, like the one on the left there, and then you know, a nice clean photo. I'm not saying don't edit your photos, but you don't have to enhance them that much. Um, you know, the new technologies we have with uh, mobile phones right now, every new iteration of a Samsung, an iPhone, an Android, they're just getting better and better with resolution. So they're gonna see the best photos. So as long as you're editing them to be clean photos, you don't have to over edit them. Some engagement, um, you know, I really wanna talk about engagement because for me, engagement's probably the biggest metric for um, social media. And this is really what's gonna get your best performing posts. So the ones that you're writing the content for that post, making sure that the, the text is engaging, you're asking people to engage with you, not just, it's a beautiful sunset and move on with a picture of a sunset. You wanna have something that's engaging, talk about the area where that sunset is, or the activity, talk about what's going on there. Not an ad, just talk about what's going on. And then when you start getting those comments, answering the comments. If they answer you back, answer them back. Don't answer with an emoji, don't answer with a smiley face, just you know, answer back. Um, it doesn't have to be a long answer, but it's really gonna help build your engagement metrics, and that's gonna really drive people to wherever you're sending them, your website, an offer, um, just to learn more about you. I think there was a question during Chris's um, presentation about um, some of the colleges and education um, using posts. Click-through rates are great, but if your post is engaging on social media, it's really gonna teach you what you know, those followers are really wanting from you. It's gonna help you develop content on other channels, and that's really gonna help you move forward with that. And then going back to UGC, so you know, these are just, these photos are great. They're engaging, they see people smiling, they're enjoying your property, they're enjoying the activities that are going on, and it's just, people having fun in our destination, people having fun at your properties. That's what people wanna see, they wanna read about the posts, and then they're gonna go and read all those comments. And you're gonna to start to see other people asking the person that you shared this with about their experience, or they're gonna start following that other person to find out what else they've done in the destination. And conversations start that way that you don't even have to try and do. You just start the conversation. And we see it all the time with our posts. It's a great way to really just get the information out there and people start talking about the destination or your property on their own and they start answering questions for you. And it's, a, it's a, just a great way to get more people involved and engaged in your platforms. This is a big one and I know a few of you in the room have talked to Kevin and I about this. So there's a lot of scams out there um, with social media particularly, especially Facebook and Instagram. So ensure you have two-factor um, set up on your security so that you have, you know, when someone has to log in or gets logged out, you're ensuring that you're either using an authenticator app, text code, or even backup codes. Make sure you have at least two administrators on your account because that, if one of them gets locked out, you both aren't locked out. Um, you know, 
don't use the same password for every account. That's an easy way for a hacker to figure out what they're doing on each platform. I know it's a pain, but you know, keep an Excel document with all your usernames, passwords, and, and even encrypt that document as well. So that's, that document is secure. Um, you know, change your passwords, I would say quarterly if you can. That's probably a, a good thing to do, especially in this day and age, um, especially during political season. Uh, that's when a lot of hackers try to get in there, so we're in that right now. You know, if you start seeing some funny things on your accounts, I would just go in and change your password. Um, one thing, too, we really caution about is giveaways and um, contests. We've seen that when we, that's one of the reasons why the Bureau doesn't do them anymore. The last one we tried was last February, and we had within one day 25 fake accounts between Facebook and Instagram pop up using our logo and a variation of our name. And it takes a long time to prove to Facebook to take those down, long enough that people are going to start following other things, and then they're going to get scammed through the links that are in those posts. So just be very mindful of that when you're doing a contest. One way to do contests or giveaways is to send them to your website, to a web page, and have it on there, rather than on the post itself. Um, it's also a great way to get them to leave the social media platform to come to your website. So it's just another tool for that. And then make sure you're update, if you're using your phone to update, make sure you're updating the apps regularly. Make sure you're updating your phones regularly. Um, Google has now been updating Chrome, I think, once a month. Edge is doing the same thing in Safari. So if you're on a, a, a laptop or a, a desktop, making sure that's all updated as well. It's really important. Um, just going back, so if you do have an issue with Facebook, they're never going to email you directly. Um, they're going to send you something in your app or your account first with a notification. Um, if you get an email about something, it's usually a scam. Look for these addresses um, if you're getting information. If it's not verified as one of these, it's most likely a scam. So it's really important that you um, are paying attention to that. Uh, we probably get one email a day to the Bureau about something regarding one of our social channels that something has to be changed or updated. And you know, you can set up spam filters as much as you want. They're going to find a way to get there. So before you click on anything, verify the, the email address. Um, accessibility on social media. Um, you know, 85% of the people don't have audio on while they're scrolling. So utilizing some closed captions on videos is a great tool uh, for people to know what they are. It also helps them to stop from the scrolling and it engages them to read. Um, using alt texts on images, 26% of the users uh, have a screen reader on. Um, there's a lot more legislation out there and a lot more people looking at ways to come after businesses if they aren't adding accessibility tools on social media, especially on websites. So if you don't have something on your website, I really recommend that you look towards getting that, especially in the tourism industry. That's really something that's grown over the last couple of years. I know amusement parks were really hit by that about five years ago. So it's just something to think about. You know, emojis um, don't really, Siri won't read an emoji um, most of the time. A lot of text-to-speech won't read it. So if you're just putting emojis in a post, nobody's going to know what you're talking about if they have that um, put on. And hashtags. Hashtags are a wonderful thing and an evil thing. So make sure like, you're, if you're separating words, use capitalization to separate that word if you have a long um, hashtag. 
Don't put too many in a post. I recommend three to five in a post, no more than that. Um, there's some in, uh, influencer out there that will put a post up and then one hashtag and then they'll comment with 25 hashtags in the comment. Um, Facebook and Instagram are gonna start dinging people for that. So just be conscious of your hashtag use and utilizing it with the post. So it engages them to not only engage with your post, but go to the hashtag to find more. It's more of a search engine tool than anything on social media. Um, be inclusive. Um, you know, much of what um, Damari talked about earlier, you know, people want to see themselves in your destination. So think about that when you're developing your content. You know, be, be aware of who is really engaging with your content. Know your metrics, know your data, know your audience, so that when you're creating content, you're including that and including everyone that you want to be at your destination. Make sure that that's top of mind. I know it takes some time. Um, Chris mentioned that you know developing that warehouse or data bank of photography, graphics, posts, so that you can always pull from that over time. It's going to take some time to set that up, but really getting to that is really a key thing for that. And then, you know, provide content that promotes mental health and self-care. That's a big thing right now. Um, we worked with. Um, some Northampton Community College students um, on a PSA campaign that we're gonna be rolling out and they were all on mental health um, and the students did an amazing job with those and that's something that we're gonna you know, start running on our channels as part of that program and it's just something to really think about. You know, um, we prob a lot of us probably have kids now. It's tough to be a teenager this day and age with social media. It's a big tool for us as a parent, it's very scary. So just think about that content when you're thinking about the parent that you're trying to reach out to and what it really means to them and your brand, because it's gonna reflect on your brand. Um, some trends to watch. Um, Short-term vertical video is here to stay. So TikTok has proven that. 1.5 billion users in, in uh, 2022 so far. Um, you know, online platform shopping is getting much easier, it's being used a lot more. If you can implore that with your property to drive to your e-commerce store, just like it is on search. Search, is, search for Google, um, Bing, Yahoo, rank e-commerce sites very high over non-e-commerce sites. Social media is moving in that trend as well. Um, audio, Chris talked about this. Audio podcasts are even bigger than they were 10 years ago that every month they grow. So if you can implore audio somehow into your posts or repurpose the content into a podcast, which is one of the things we're doing with a lot of things we're shooting for Pocono Television Network and a lot of things that we're doing with our content is creating audio podcasts because it's a really good way to reach audiences and social media platforms are a really good way to get that content out. Um, you know, original organic content will always get you a good boost you know, people don't like to always see sponsored by. So if you're using that original content and it's really engaging, you're gonna get people to follow that. Hashtag no filters, that's a big thing, over editing. And then micro influencers and creators are getting a place on the platform. So if you can find one that you know really works for your brand and you can come up with an agreement with them, it's one way to look at it. If you can find a way to do it on your own, you know, you have to find that happy mix and medium. And keeping up with the changes. Um, following social media blogs, podcasts, YouTube creators, 
there's a lot of different things out there. There's a lot of great information out there. Um, there's so many different um, influencers on the social media um, networks that are just really there to help other users learn about the platforms. And um, I'll show you some at the end of who to follow. Um, the platforms themselves, Facebook offers Blueprint for Instagram and Facebook. It's a great way to learn about their platform, learn about the trends that they're doing, the changes they're constantly doing. They don't always keep it up to date, but it's better than not having anything. And it's a really good tool to um, implore your employees to get on. They also offer certifications, which help you learn more about the platform. Um, you know, webinars are always good. If you see something, we all get tons of industry newsletters with different webinars about social media. You know, read about it, see if it's something that interests you. I recommend you get on a, a few, you know, throughout the year. And like I said, just use the platforms regularly. There's a question mark in all of them, which is usually their knowledge base. It's a great way to learn things there. Um, you know, they have chat functions that sometimes they'll answer you if you have an immediate question. If you're having issues with your platform, it's a great way to reach out to them directly. Um, so future of the platforms, um, Facebook, they're shifting to metaverse. Um, I was at a conference three weeks ago. Uh, Linda and Katie and I were at a conference and there was a whole section on just the meta universe, not just metaverse, and it's coming. It's probably five years away, three point, web 3.0 they call it. So where people are gonna live in a digital space and shop in a digital space, along with the living space. So there's a lot of different trends that way. Facebook's trying to get ahead of it, but there's a lot of things already employed there. I recommend you read up on Web 3.0 and the, meta, the metaverse. That's just not Facebook, because there's a lot of trends there that you want to look at. Digital currency, that's something that's really going to emerge in the next three to five years. Um, we're really going to see a lot of people utilizing Bitcoin or some variation of that on social media to pay for things, whether it be booking a room, booking an attraction, buying something from your retail stores. That's really where the, everything is going. Everything's gonna be bought on a mobile phone, more so than it is now. And in the last two years, we've seen that grow tremendously. It's gonna grow even faster and even more over the next two to three years. AR and VR campaigns, um, we're doing some 360 video that we're employing into some of our digital marketing. Um, you know, if you can figure out ways to be virtual so that your younger audience is gonna engage with that and it's a great way to showcase your property um, you know, we offer that through the Bureau with 360 tours. If you haven't reached out to us, please do. Um, we'll be happy. We have some great members that have been already utilizing that, and we're utilizing that on a lot of our digital content. So it's a great tool for that. Recruiting on social media. It's probably one of the best ways to get that younger audience. Um, you can also get your employees to engage with them on the comments. So rather than your social media manager doing it, Talk to some of your employees. Ask them if they want to help answer comments when you're doing recruiting ads or recruiting um, posts. It's a great way for them to answer the questions that um, employee, future employees might have. Um, so that's one, one tool there. You know, keep your platform up to date. Um, accountability, give back. Make sure that they believe it's a human behind there, not just uh, you know, the machine learning that Chris talked about. That's another tool you can implore, but They'll, they'll know if it's a machine answering you or if it's a human. So just making sure that's, that's relevant. I read a blog this morning. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there and startups that are trying to 
take on social media and fix it to what social media really started out as. And I think we're going to see some emerging platforms over the next three to five years um, where TikTok is probably going to be where Facebook is now. It's going to be with the parents, and there's going to be three to five other platforms that the kids are going to be on. And that, that's just going to continue to grow with social media. So it's a, it's, a, it's a healthy mix of staying above those trends and really looking at what's coming next. And I, I, probably within the next year, we're going to have a new platform to look, like, look at that's not TikTok. So. And these were, this is just some of the resources I was talking about. And one of the things that we're doing, we're filming all the sessions, and we're going to be putting out all the, the um, presentations on a website in the near future. So you can always go back and look at that. You can reach out to Kevin and I as well. Um, but there's really great ways that you can learn more about this. If there was people that weren't able to attend, they'll be able to get this information as well. But these are really some of the top um, places that Kevin and I go to really look at some of the trends. Um, those top three are probably updated weekly with different information. So there's a lot of great tools there if you're interested in learning more about social media. Chris and Brian are two of the big reasons Pocono Mountains is a household name in some of the major markets in the Northeast United States. The Pocono Mountains Visitors Bureau is a membership-based organization that is stronger thanks to all the members who represent some of the best of the Poconos and the hospitality industry. Since the beginning of time, man has been searching for the perfect vacation formula. Meanwhile, at East Stroudsburg University, after years and years of testing with trial and error, the Eureka moment came. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, the Pocono Mountains has it all. We're back. Thanks for listening to Pocono Mountains Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Hamill. Now for a Pocono Mountains Podcast Extra. Chris and Brian talked about midweek stays during their presentations at the Tourism Summit last month. And last month, PTN's Brianna Strunk had more during the Pocono Mountains Magazine episode on why it makes sense to plan to stay during the week this season. Summer's almost here and reservations are filling up fast, so now is the perfect time to plan your getaway to the Pocono Mountains. Need a reminder why to visit? And a little insider tip, there's a certain time to visit that comes with some major perks like and overall, you hear that? It's the peaceful sound of nothing. And that's exactly what you'll get with a midweek stay at Mountain Springs Lake Resort. So when you come up to visit, it feels like it's your own private preserve. With 40 rental units to suit any style, go vintage in an original log cabin from the 50s and 60s, take it up a notch with the modern rustic vibe, or go over the top in a high-end luxury suite. So we have about 320 acres here. We have a 76-acre lake on the property, which is about a mile long. It's all private. Speaking of private, although the Poconos is ready to welcome you anytime, weekends and holidays can get busy. So 
If you're looking for your own slice of Pocono paradise and want the region's attractions all to yourself, consider visiting Monday through Thursday. And I would also think about not just coming here during what I call the high season. So you've got winter sports and you've got summer. I think some of the most beautiful months in the Poconos are those off months. So whether you think about September, October, foliage, you name it, September feels like summer, except there are fewer people here. Here at Mountain Springs Lake Resort, each rental unit comes with its very own rowboat and dock. There's even a nature trail just for guests. And would you believe this quiet oasis is close to all the area's action? When you think about Pocono Raceway, Pocono Raceway is about a 15-minute drive. Camelback Ski Area is less than 10 minutes. A Mount Airy Casino is 10 minutes away. The Crossing Shopping Outlet Mall is literally six minutes. I've timed it a bunch of times. It's so close. So we have the two queen beds, also a queen sleeper sofa. In another part of the Poconos, East Shore Lodging and its 12 individually unique hotel units is a stone's throw from Lake Wall and Paw Pack. When you first come in, you see the big sign, welcome to Lake Wall and Paw Pack, and then we're the first business. So we're kind of centrally located um, in between town, the town of Hawley, which is a walkable town, but also the lake where all the activity happens in the summertime. Super crowded, lots of people here, lots of activities to do on the lake. Get in on the action and rent a pontoon boat, kayak, or stand-up paddleboard from East Shore Lodging. Also on site, the area's only narrated historic boat tour. It's very convenient. We have a, a restaurant right next door to us, so it's walkable if you're staying here as a hotel guest. You don't have to get back in your car, that type of stuff. There's a, several other restaurants which were, are within two miles. When planning your Pocono getaway, keep an eye out for midweek deals and packages. Like this one from East Shore Lodging, which combines a two-night stay and boat rental. Midweeks in the summertime are very manageable. The lake is less busy, there's less traffic, but it, there's still, everything is still open. Restaurants, activities are still going seven days a week. So there's just one question. Would you rather sip your morning cup of coffee from this lake view or this one? It's quiet. Enjoy yourself up here, take a breath. Planning your trip to the Poconos is easy on the newly redesigned and mobile-friendly PoconoMountains.com. Just find special offers and check off midweek specials. And while you're there, check out our brand new blog giving you insider tips all about midweek stays. For the Pocono Television Network, I'm Brianna Strunk. Tourism in the Poconos, supporting the region's quality of life and helping millions to make memories together. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Pocono Mountains Podcast. Please remember to subscribe anywhere podcasts are available. Come visit us in the Pocono Mountains. Plan your trip today.